Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, this is Chael Sonnen. Make sure you check out my podcast, You're Welcome. We talk about MMA, we talk about professional wrestling, politics, anything you need to know about today's top issues so that you can sound intelligent and you get them all from me, your humble host, America's favorite gangster. Make sure you check me out. You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. New episodes every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and of course, PodcastOne.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. Thank you for listening to CarCast. I'm Adam Kroll. That's Matt, the moderator over there. DeAndrea, good seeing you, How man. are you? I'm good. Busy, busy schedule. <clears throat> yeah, lots. What's going on? Lots of car-related stuff going on. Lots of uh, shuffling of the deck. Um, it's getting to be that, that fun part you know start planning for monterey and some racing and the quail and yeah food and drink favorite uh, <laughs> favorite time of the year coming up also we never know about goodwood where they uh i got the word out there to don law racing to yeah. see about finding a cortina or something i could go around that track in how's he doing that old chap <clears throat> i don't know but i like that guy yeah and uh it's a kind of a bucket list thing to do the Goodwood Circuit. The uh, hill climb is, you know, novelty. Yeah, kind of fun, but it's just kind of a novelty. But the circuit would be a lot of lot of fun. Yeah, to so, get on that track, mm-hmm. like it was, it was cool to go, and it's a great event. And I can imagine, like, you got to get on that track at some point. The hill climb was cool, right? Right, like you have to do it, right? But and then to do the revival and do the. Uh, yeah, at some point. The I Cortina just, would be like the cheapest one <clears throat> there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just not sure. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. We're trying to get uh, the Newman car dialed in. We got the 935 out there trying to dial that thing in. There's lots of dialing in to do. Um, there may be another chance to get a ride with the Trans Am, you know, the modern-day Trans Am car, maybe at the end of the year at Coda, try to figure that one out. Lots of possibilities. Yeah. You know who I talked to recently is this, uh, uh, we were talking about this guy, Jim, who does, he's in Washington. Mm -hmm. He's the restoration guy. Right. We love Jim. He does, uh, you know, he did the Bluebird that you have, and he did, he did a Z car, right? We saw Monterey a couple years, and... Just what a nice guy. He does such good work. He did a two... Well, he's done a lot of stuff, but we were at the track looking at a Lightsinger 280ZX. Yeah. And the Lightsinger, there's a... I don't know. There's this sort of echelon of sort of racing guys. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you start with kind of the Shelbys and you go to the Gurneys and stuff like that. And... and you, you get these names that are just sort of synonymous with the racing. But at some point, you get down the list a little bit, not too far, and you'll get to, like, Lightsinger. Yeah. And then you'll start realizing. And it's kind of like um, 
Don Devendorf or something, Electromotive. Like you'll go, oh, they raced two tens, and then they, oh, they raced Beeson, oh, they were, oh, they raced, oh, oh, the Turbo Zs. Yeah, they did the, oh, like not then, names you're familiar with, but you start googling them and you start seeing like, oh, they really all those cool cars, GTP and lots cars, of history and stuff and, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just never, you know, they just never made themselves like super famous outside of the racing world and they all race in a world long before social media so <laughs> right right so yeah yeah we're actually looking at the uh light singer 280zx naturally aspirated yeah uh, he I did have... such a nice job on that car like every every detail every hard line that he bent on that car like was done nice but not not in a way where he's like throwing money at it just to throw money at it like did it all Yes. As proper and as, I yes. guess, efficient as you could. Yeah. And I have a Lightsinger ZX as well. Mine's just in, in more parts. <laughs> but uh, but another project to take care of, as well as an Electromotive Z that was naturally aspirated. Most people know them for their... There's a famous... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a famous cover of Road and Track could be car and driver but i think it's road and track and it's newman standing there with his 280zx turbo and the electromotive 280zx turbo and i think they okay. put them like both through their paces does that sound familiar to you you know what it does and we may have a copy of that in the files for the jim fitzgerald car oh okay so it looks familiar to you yeah i think i might have just scrolled through that going through the going through the files the other day well uh be all that as it may uh lots of car stuff lots of settling and there's road and track and yeah there yeah, that's not the one that i saw but but yeah there is the newman z <clears throat> which is not a zx or it is a zx i'm trying to think and then there's the electromotive zx what year is there. this issue of road and track well, it's it's like seventy nine or eighty. It's it's ZX time, but I'd, I'm looking at the Newman car, and it doesn't look like a ZX yeah. to me. It looks like a two eighty Z or two sixty Z with the Genos, as they would would call it. So the, the magazine I'm thinking of, I think it has two cars, maybe but Newman standing next to it. Yeah, no, maybe it is a ZX. I'm trying to think. Well, you got to go into the pages. It's nineteen eighty, so we'll we'll figure it out. But. Uh, Either way, lots of uh, racing stuff to prepare and lots of stuff to do. You're going to get some cool cars coming up. Yeah. What do you got um, coming? Well, we're going to test an F-150 just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a huge investment for Ford. Um, we're going to tool around in that. I'm not sure exactly which one they're sending me. I don't know if it's two-door, four-door, or EcoBoost, or V8, or whatever. Mm. They just said, you want it? I said, yeah. They're going to send that over. I'm going to do a little trip, go pick up the Mira. Uh, and come back, and then um, uh, two other cool cars. At the end of this month, we're going to test the Aston Martin DB11. Finally, like a new platform. You know, their DB9 platform has been around for so long. Mm-hmm. DB11. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these cars, I'll do live uh, Facebook streaming video on these things. So we'll do a little walk around and a little drive with these cars. But also, I'm going to be driving the McLaren 570S, and we have an event coming up. Uh, SoCal Speed Shop does their open house Friday, June 16th. Mm-hmm. It's the first year without Pete Shaporis. Mm. 
since he passed at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. So, it's, but it's going to be a big event. I'm going to bring the uh, the McLaren down there. So hopefully, it'll be. And we're going to be doing shift and steer live down there. So, uh, SoCal Speed Shop in Pomona. Nothing says tea bucket hot rod like a, <laughs> like McLaren. a McLaren. Yeah, that's why I wanted it. I was like, I want to bring something really different down I'm, there that'll stand out. Also, it'd be easy to find us doing the podcast. Just look for the crazy supercar. Remember, I decided <laughs> I wanted that job. Like, my idea is like, I got a pretty good job, but I got to go out on stage for 95 minutes and sweat through my undershirt and yeah. write a bunch of material or write a book or do whatever. Like, you know. I get paid well, but it's a little bit of a calorie burn, my, my gig. And I want that job where the guy comes out and he's got the beard and he's telling everyone about Chevy. Yeah. And then that, do, the guy in the commercial. Yeah. yeah. But I've decided I don't want his job anymore. I want the guy who witnesses the new truck. Like the guy just walks out and then they dump the cinder block into the bed yeah. of the Ford and it dings it up because it's aluminum and then they do the Chevy and then I just go over there and overstate the obvious I go this one's got a hole yeah and then I get paid you know yeah. except they they actually staged that as like a real event it was like in the convention center in downtown LA and they got real customers and the reason why they did that in my mind is so they can pay them $35 not like mm. a real rate but every time they say a word in the commercial they get like an extra couple of bucks so then yeah. they start vying for hey man uh, tell me about the aluminum and how much weight did you drop in the truck to see if they can get something in there but that's a genius idea from GM because they're like this is how we put seven people in the commercial and pay one guy I like well I'm still <laughs> looking for that gig there's a new one where like Chevy's unveiling new trucks and the guy's yeah. like looks like a monster you know they <laughs> yeah, just yeah, say stuff yeah. or I will accept the chick who like when they're lifting the cars up and the cars are all strung together with cables and she just goes there's another one yep you know that kind of thing where I just want any gig where that's I a just bonus that's a cash bonus by I the way overstate that line. the obvious you know what <laughs> I mean like we can see it's moving I'll start with it. the doors opening when the doors are opening <laughs> you know what I mean and then I'll go there's a car and there'll be another car <laughs> and I'll go and there's another one and there'll be another one behind it and then I'll just go pay me bitch. I- I like I like Chevy. I like the Chevy trucks. The Camaros are cool. The Corvettes are cool. But there's a great parody of that commercial where they're showing bits of the commercial and they cut the, the guy and the guy's like, award for initial quality. He's like, what the hell's initial quality? <laughs> and then, then he like, does the research on his phone, Google. He's like, oh, it's it's good quality for 90 days. Then after that, it's crap. <laughs> like, really? It was, yeah, it was a great parody. He was just kind of digging into the – cutting himself into the commercial going, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Deep web. <laughs> Better or worse than when they took – Adam Sandler's movie, Jack and Jill, the trailer, and cut it into George C. Scott's movie, Hardcore. Oh, Did I, you don't, ever see I don't that think one? I saw that. That is I'm the I'm embarrassed best. to say that I think I saw Jack and Jill. <laughs> that <laughs> but is, I don't think I saw the trailer for that it. That is the be... best. We're going to watch this thing right now. I oh, love, here it is. I just love this one. You got to have the sound, though, Max Pata. Hey, it's George C. Scott sitting, sitting in a the theater. theater. One Turn it up. You a crazy. I gotta pick Jill up at four in the morning. She comes once a year and she's leaving on Sunday. Sitting in the, the theater holidays. looking uncomfortable. Jack, no fighting this year. There's no escaping it when it's your sister. How are we doing? Your twin sister. Are you going bald? Huh? 
Like how, how, yeah. We, can we knock out all my scenes in two days? Like, I don't want to go to Montreal to shoot this thing, and I don't want to go to Prague. Like, yeah. when we're shooting, where are they shooting? Here. So you're, How many days? Three days. Okay, let's just do it. You're Pacino. You're, you're De Niro. Somebody goes, look, three days in, in New Orleans for $3 million. You just do it. Or better, three days in Orange County. Like, let's just shoot it. Let's <laughs> yeah. just do it. Like, and, that's, that's, like, and you don't need to leave the hotel. Like, we'll shoot your stuff in the room. <laughs> the, it, at a certain point, at a certain age, with almost everything, you just go, how long, how much? Yeah. How long, how much? How long, how much? Or you know? he's just like, well, my wife's blown through all the money on stupid ideas, so I got to go make $3 million. Yeah, and look, people do this thing where they go, when do you have enough money? And it, that's not really the question. It's... When is you tell me whether it's, you know, Bill Clinton or Obama or whomever, you tell me, forget about how much money you have. You tell me when it's a bad idea to get four or five hundred K for a fifty five minute speech and they fly out privately. Like oh, yeah. You tell me, I'm gonna flip the script. I don't care how much money you have in your bank account. You're gonna get fifty you're gonna get $500,000 for 55 minutes of talking, and all you have to do is tell warmed-over stories that you've told a million times. And if there's not a lot of prep, it's better. And you'll just go out there, and people <laughs> will be delighted, and there's a little Q&A thing yeah. at the end, and you'll take some pictures, and you'll get back on the jet. Yeah. When is you that ever a bad idea? And you'll go, Especially well, if you got, want to buy a car. It's got $150 <laughs> million dollars in the bank. What's he need? It's like, what's he need? When, when, when are you going to say no to 500k or 300k or 250 or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's that's how you get nobody ever talks about it, but that's how you get these guys. That's how you get the corporate gig. That's how that's how you, the Sultan of Brunei gets Justin Timberlake to play the oh, kid's yeah. 16th birthday cuz I don't care how rich you are, 5 million bucks for a night's work works for justin timberlake oh yeah. yeah on every human being yes yeah you hear about like the guys having the, the private parties you know or a corporate gig and you're like how do you get sammy hagar or Katy perry there you're like half a million dollars that's how yeah yeah they're they, gonna they, do it absolutely they don't have to write new songs or anything for that by no. the way <laughs> they, they just show up bust out you know 60 minutes of their tunes no, and go I, home. i don't again i don't know how much elton john has i'm guessing it's way more than he could spend in his lifetime but it still sounds like a good idea for yeah. elton to get 500k for a 55 minute set yeah Okay, calls, questions, yeah, what some, have you? Yeah, we have some emails, uh, and if you want to write in, please go to carcashow.com, <laughs> click the contact page, write us a little letter, and uh, we'll read it on the show and answer it. Yeah. Let me hit uh, Amsoil uh, first uh, before we move on. You move beyond stock performance. Amsoil Synthetic Motor Oil combines top-tier synthetic technology with unique additives to protect up to 25,000 miles or one year in between oil changes. Not bad, right? I love it. Shields your engine from wear and deposits wear on pistons and cam cams, and that leads to a loss of power. We do not need that. 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by the industry standard. Piston cleanliness, 93% above the industry standard. Let's get this stuff going, people. It's tested in the field, on the track, in extreme conditions. AMS oil. You know how much we love it. It seems like oil is starting to get better than the engines we're putting it in. No kidding. (laughs) Come on, engine builders. Step it up now. AMSOIL.com. 
Uh, A-M-S-O-I-L dot com slash CarCast for more information. Amsoil. Devoted to protection. All right. Question. All right. Since we're talking movies, Craig uh, from Pennsylvania, he wants to talk about bad movie car chases. And he wants to know, what's the more ridiculous movie car chase scene? Chuck Bronson's F-150 and Mr. Majestic or Schwarzenegger going down the hill in his blazer in the beginning of Commando? Mm. I don't recall the Charlie Bronson one. He was a peaceful melon farmer. What is he not? <laughs> and then they took out his family and he went out for revenge. Very angry. And we started at the top of the show talking about trucks and truck commercials. Yeah. Ford made a commercial. They out. put Charlie Bronson in it? It was. <laughs> it was funny because it was it was it was uh Ford, I don't he was either F one fifty or F one hundred. I don't know how old it was. Probably an F-150. For, this is, they would say, as seen in the movie, Mr. Majestic. Yeah. This is a, they would say, a stock or a Ford F-150. And then they'd go, with some suspension modifications. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, now it doesn't count, <laughs> and right? A, and a stud guy and a roll cage. And- <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, like the steering wheels on the Mustang 2 were made out of authentic simulated wood. Yeah. Well, I mean, Aston Martin uses 007 to sell cars, and the cars we buy don't shoot missiles. So, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of imagination involved. Well, we'll run the commercial, and you All can right. hear yeah. And by the way... This, already I could tell, this is the equivalent of, like, like Evil Knievel jumping on the old bikes versus, like, a new bike with a nice suspension and Yeah, everything. like a Raptor. You know, like a, a bike that weighs half the weight as it back then. Like, this versus a Raptor. Yeah. This looks painful. Yeah, let's listen. Tough pounding in these scenes from the movie Mr. Majestic. This Ford is a used <laughs> frame, and it wasn't modified to take this terrific beating. Now, these exciting movie stunts have no bearing on normal usage, and this doesn't prove how long our 76 will last. But if you want a tough-built pickup, that's Ford. 93 out of 100 of all Ford trucks built since 63 are still on the job. Except for so the seven the from this commercial. <laughs> they wrecked everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the suspension wasn't modified. They just had to throw it out after they got done destroying <laughs> it. Every car was trashed because that's the... Did the, they have uh, twin I-beam suspension? On those? I don't know. That, I'm, I'm sure it's that's sort Ford. Of. All right. So, look. The phoniest thing ever on... So Mr. Majestic was a humble melon farmer, and then they took out his family. Now he's out for revenge. Commando, you got to find the scene. They're driving. Uh, they're driving. The guy's driving the uh, yellow with the whale tail the Porsche. Porsche. Yeah, Targa. that's later in the movie, though. That's later in the movie. And they're just going down Mulhall and just mashing into each other, yeah. mashing into each other, mashing, mashing. And then the car eventually ends up on its side. Yeah, and then after Schwarzenegger ends up getting uh, dumping the guy um, Sally Sally off the cliff, he then comes back, pushes the car back onto its four wheels and hops in. Yeah, and we get to see the car first off with a stunt driver in it, which is comical. <laughs> like all you have yeah. to do is a three point turn. Yeah, like Arnold, put the car in reverse, back it up, then put it in first and pop the clutch and, yeah. and go off down Mulholland. We really need a stunt driver. 
yeah. to do this. You're Mr. Universe seven times over. You can't, <laughs> you can't drive a stick. Like I, I, funny. you probably I, can't drive a stick. I do. I am curious on like the stuff we do. A, you use a stuntman for like yeah. every once in a while. Like you just see a movie like from the eighties, and it's like, oh, Rob Lowe gets thrown to the ground, you know, but it's in an apartment and it's nothing. And it's like that's clearly a stunt guy, but why can't Rob Lowe just fall on the ground? I feel like I would do it. My I feel like he is I, pretty. I feel like I could get into that car and drive it away without a stuntman doing. You probably it. could have pushed it over and drive it away. I, if I remember correctly, in that movie, for a split second when he first drives away, it's not damaged, and then it it's, is it's, damaged. It, that, it, that's the most disconcerting part of the whole film. It's a <laughs> brand new car yeah. when he throws it back onto onto all four tires. Yeah, but you're forgetting he's got two great lines. He's holding Sally over the cliff and he goes, Remember Sally when I promised to kill you last? That's right, you did. I lied. Uh, right. He drops up and then later she goes, What did you do with Sally? I let him go. <laughs> <laughs> Schwarzenegger has one liners are the best. So, but the beginning of the movie when he's driving down the hill in the blazer, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Maybe you do. Were the brakes cut? Probably. With, like, and he was just hauling ass down the hill, trying. Like they were looping back and forth on the winding road, and he was just going straight down. Yeah. To hit them, but I think maybe the brakes were cut. They used to do a lot of cutting of the brake lines. Yeah. You could kill your wife. If you just cut her brake lines. Oh, yeah. It was, a, it was an easy way to kill somebody back in By the, the way, day. By the way, how do you put the car in oh, reverse? no. He, what it is, is they pulled the, the distributor. Yeah, oh, pull, and he just pushes it down. Yeah, he pushes yeah. it down. That's right. They Did pulled, he push it or a stunt guy push it? He, he can push. <laughs> they, 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 they pulled the cap and they took all the wires and they left the wires. Yeah. And I don't know if they did the cap, but he got he got the blazer. Is that a Bronco? It's, uh, I, I feel like it's more of a blazer. Yeah, a that's blazer. a blazer. It's yeah. a blazer. He got going, and he pushed it down the hill, and then he jumped in. Now, so it, does it, he also not have brakes? Because I'm trying to figure well, out. Well, it would have a pretty hard pedal. He didn't put the key in. The key should – did he start? No, he can't start it, the car. Well, he must have put right. a key in because the wheel's not locked. Let's he should have put the key, key in. in. He should have put the key in. Yeah. And now he's driving uh, in his blazer down the down the hill. He needs a seatbelt. And he's just popping down the hill, and he's steering pretty easily because the car's not the car would have power steering, and it would have certainly well, have. Well, it wouldn't be power steering without the engine running. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It'd be really hard to steer, and he'd also have a vacuum assist on the brakes, right? Yeah. If the engine was running. Again, if the engine was running, but we've established the engine it's is not running. Is not running. I haven't seen him like hit the brakes because there'd be like a camera shot of his foot on the brake and yeah. then like a stupid look on his face. Yeah. So I, let's assume the brakes work. He just doesn't use them. Right. And right. He, and he's trying to hit these guys. Yeah. And he's going down the hill and he misses. And I don't feel like they're doing a very good job of avoiding him. No, which I feel like like they could have slightly sped up or slowed down. No right. problem solved. I really just com- <laughs> just really had a cigarette. Yeah. Like by the side of the road, problem problem, problem solved. solved. Yeah. So but later in the movie when he's chasing Sally, I think it's Sally in the Porsche, what was he driving like a Some, Triumph or a Fiat he's or something driving, convertible? I'm I I think it's a Sunbeam Alpine. Yeah. Could, could have be. been a Tiger, yeah. but I think it's an Alpine. Yeah, but I think you it's can a only tell the sound. It's a sunbeam. You can't hear it, right? Yeah. See, there it is. Yeah, we don't yeah. know if it's. Doesn't a, he like rip the seat out to get in it? Uh, and he he does something. He also does a move where he's 
coming up on Ray Dong Chong, but he's looking at her in her rear view, in his rear view, but she's ahead of him. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I watched those who don't know, Adam's watching the scene, and he time. called that a split second before it even happened. Yeah. So that was from his brain. <laughs> I had to rewatch that like nine times. Like, why is he looking in his rear view mirror and spotting Ray Dong Chong, and then she comes running out in front of the car? Yeah, that's a terrible edit. I think that's yeah. called bad editing. And then uh, she's doing that thing of, what are we doing here? But then she's jumping in the car with him. Like, I feel like my deal is, is if I want to know what's going on, I'll let you take my car, especially if it's an Alpine. Yeah. And she's bitching about it the whole time, by the way. You steal yeah. my car, you rip out the seat, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, and he's just, he's just. Yeah, I didn't even see a rearview mirror because uh, that's right. Also, yeah, that's the a... rearview mirror is missing, so he looked into <laughs> the, he looking at? just into the sky, I guess, or yeah, <laughs> or something. Because yeah, the rearview mirror was removed. Well, maybe he was just shot. going. He was going like full Anderson Cooper, just rolling his eyes. Like, oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on, Ray Don. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess the question was which of those two movies is. The better or the worse of the car chase? I guess more ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, Adam's hot on uh, the the whole Cobra thing, so everyone's everyone's watching all the bad eighties movies now, mm-hmm. as they should. Yeah, there's also a scene in that movie where he then goes to like the weird factory by the airport where they're packing the drugs or whatever, and he climbs up the water spout and he goes up to the second floor and it's like a bunch of corrugated rusty tin on the outside of this thing and he goes he just like pulls it off just like yanks this big sheet of corrugated steel off the side and like they're all just working in there can't hear anything no there's like guards (laughs) and stuff and then he has to like slide in but you do understand it sounds like a thunderclap, like you pulling <laughs> corrugated steel off the yeah. side of the building. I feel like almost everyone in the factory would have stopped Just look and went, up. the fuck's going on up there? Yeah, no. Now, not going to happen. Director said no. <laughs> also, the the guy who's playing the antagonist, the bat, the henchman, the heavy in this movie. Yeah, the Australian guy. He's like... He was in Road Warrior. He's very Freddie Mercury for for a guy who's supposed to play an antagonist. Because he was also in Weird Science at the end, the motorcycle guy. Yeah, he's just a weird. <laughs> he's he's weird because he's not exactly buff. He's kind of like chubby, but he wears like the the, the chainmail, chainmail, and yeah, you know, like, like first of all, that looks like it's going to clip a nip. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nip clip. <laughs> it's like it's like every once in a while when you see the pro wrestler. But he doesn't like his arms aren't that big, and he doesn't really look that good in his yeah. underpants. And you're like, back oh. when they got paid with cocaine and not money. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> what are you doing here again? Yeah, he oh, looks, he's got a shirt underneath. Uh, I guess he looks that's like right. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> he does. <laughs> this guy, this guy did three movies: Weird Science, Commando, and Road Warrior that we know of. And then he did like Swiffer commercials. This is he. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't strike fear into my heart. And the, the other thing, too, is when they always, they always get to that big ultimate fight scene at the end, and Schwarzenegger's been kicking ass times 10 all yeah. movie long, and then you have a, tr- a tough time at the end with the guy who looks like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I'm like, wouldn't you make short work of yeah, this guy? because he said, I'm not going to shoot you between the eyes. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. And oh, then he yeah. stabs the guy with the pipe, and he goes, let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I see a lot of it now because uh, a lot of the action movies are against, they're against all the nerds and all the tech guys. Who are, you know, So they're, now they're skinny, and they, it makes sense for them to, yeah. to be like that. But back in the day, yeah, you need to look at them. But that's view. more believable than, like, Zoe Saldana being a hitman. 
Yeah. You know, she weighs 87 pounds and she's beating up like the entire Colombian military. Like, well, I'd rather see this guy. I feel like the whole martial arts thing took away the height weight advantage because now they do the as long as they can do that whoosh sound when the person throws a spinning heel kick oh, and yeah. then she snaps back into her position. Yeah, they can kick as much ass as they want. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other questions for us? Oh, yeah. This is from Mike. He's from Long Beach. He has a uh, car custody battle. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I'm getting divorced. I got a 2005 E46 M3. I've spent the last three years transforming into a dedicated track car. Mm. I've hauled this car all over the West and tracked it on a regular basis. My wife would join most of the time. She never participated in the maintenance, the cleaning, the fueling. She just got in, drove, and got out. She Sounds has, like Lynette. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how I figured this, you'd relate to this. <laughs> she like gets out, tosses her helmet, and Hans of Ice at me. It's like, it's got a little too much understeer. Explains a little bit about the handling. Cracks a beer. Tells me to dial in a little more camber. A little sway bar. Add a little Put a little more sway bar and take out a little camber, she says. And then she goes, I'll be in the trailer. Don't fuck up again. That's right. That's classic Lynette, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, his wife, she's never aspired to move beyond beginner group. She says the car is now part of her, though, as well. Oh, I do love that. Yeah, so I purchased a 2009 E92 M3 that has a modified exhaust, big brakes, tune, and some aero, but it's still street legal and have offered it in place of the E46. I see it as a great alternative for her, but she wants the E46. For her to take the track car but not the trailer or the tow vehicle seems to be a spiteful move as I've poured my heart and soul into this car. What do you guys think I should do? First of all, this dude's whipped. Don't make any purchases in the middle of a divorce, mm. right? Like, as soon as she says, I want out, don't start buying anything, right? So don't go out and buy an E92 and be like, that's a negotiating ploy. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I like the idea, though. Like, when my parents got divorced, it was like, who wants the futon filled with horse hair? Not me. Well, yeah. Me neither. Well, someone's <laughs> got to throw it out. All right. <laughs> See you in hell. Okay, great. That yeah. was the negotiation for my parents' divorce. Yeah. Like, um, I'm just going to find some apartment in North Island. I like at least that there's some BMWs. Yeah. And there's some custody of some BMWs. I know. This sounded like a family I wanted to hang out with <laughs> before things went badly. The, f- the fact that she wants the car but not the trailer and or the tow vehicle or whatever. It sounds like he might have messed up. She's angry. She's angry. She's angry. Right. Yeah. All right. So, um, he's got the new car. The new car is streety. Yeah. Expensive. Yeah. I would say we're looking at the new car. Yeah, that's the actual yeah. one he sent to So, it's not, it's not about dollars with her, right? No. Because right. selling the race car versus the street car is, right. the, you know, the street car is way easier. Yeah. I... Uh, I think the uh, we're looking at the uh, old we're looking at the old car and yeah. the new car and the trailer and yeah. everything else. Um, cool BMWs though. I don't know. What do you think you could get a track ready E forty six for? I feel like I feel like high teens, depending on how much junk was done to it. Yeah, you know, and they're starting to go up in value a little bit. I mean, I, I guess if you want one that's like high miles and whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But even if you just bought a car that wasn't race ready, you know that you're going to be spending money on roll cage and fire suppression system and suspension and wheels and tires. If you buy one that's race ready. I don't know ready, if those things need a bottle with a system in know, them for track days. Yeah. I, I probably th- just need a know, fire extinguisher. You're right. For a track day, I guess. But, but if she was doing some sort of, 
bumper to bumper racing and be different. I feel like she's they're doing events and track days and um oh how about you buy how about you go race spec Miata or you get a uh Honda two thousand that yeah. somebody else has done a bunch of stuff to and you just use your new Honda 2000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably pretty inexpensive. It sounds like he messed up and he's got to give her both cars. <laughs> <laughs> They're both a part of her. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, just the fact that she went with you to these track days and got in the car yeah, sounds, uh, I don't know what you two are getting divorced about. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Nirvana to me. Yeah, you already right. won. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other way you look at it is, is, She's insane, and he needs to get away, in which case you still got to give her both cars so you can get away. Right. You know, like yeah. that's the payoff. <laughs> I agree. I, uh, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, sometimes, I don't know. What, she may have purchased both cars. My wife's. <laughs> and he's the one trying to. <laughs> my wife's friend was saying something the other day, like, oh, Monterey sounds pretty good. It's not, uh, but, uh, of course, it's always boys' weekend away. Why don't you let the girls come along? And I was like, because yeah. they have no fucking interest in it whatsoever. Nothing. Like, I'm not, not, I'm not keeping them away. Yeah. I've never uh, – Natalia and Lynette have zero interest in this, as best I can tell. I, I think they never once said, should I go or can I go or what's cool there? They pretty much said, have a nice trip. How long you gone? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, go ahead yeah. and put it in the wall, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you'll be gone four days, but if you put it in the wall, yeah. you might be gone six, seven days. Yeah, I I don't know, but uh, there is no interest amongst... Uh, Sonny has a little bit of interest in it. He, li- he Actually, Sonny likes chilling with the dudes. Yeah, and he's like super easy, so we, we wouldn't know the difference if he was uncomfortable or not. <laughs> he's just super chill the whole time. You're like, Sonny, you want to go to the aquarium, toss the football around? Yeah. Sonny, you want to go to the racetrack? Yeah. Sonny, you want to go Cannery Row, watch some cars? Yeah. Yep. yep. That is him. All right. So He's into everything. Or he likes not his into mo- anything. Like, but he, he likes his modern supercars. You know, like he was pretty excited about the Enzo and the Pagani and some of the cars we saw. He, he does. He likes, I think all young boys like the notion of a supercar. There's something, you know, sexy about a supercar. When I was his age or younger, I, as, I, as I recall, when I was, you know, seven or eight years old, the sexiest car that I could imagine was a Dino Ferrari. Yeah. I think I had like a matchbox yellow Dino Ferrari, and I thought that was the coolest shape in the world. But I, I didn't want the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car, and I didn't yeah, want yeah. the Stutz Bearcat or the Duesenberg. I wanted the coolest... 1973 that was the coolest car shape there was like to me i I guess i didn't know about uh like uh, a lamborghini mura because i just didn't didn't i didn't see them i never saw them but the but they made a couple of these like matchboxes i remember going to like the cherry hill mall in cherry hill new jersey and getting the 118 scale or whatever it was the one was about three four inches long and that was like the coolest Thing ever i love yeah. the, the ducks to me the doors and the duck ducting that's built into the doors was just the coolest shape ever and yeah. by the way they made a lot of those cars and they have a v8 i'm uh, sorry v6 in them and you know 196 horsepower or something and they're not a, you know zero to 60 and uh, seven 
seven or three or something, you know. Yeah. And not exactly impressive. So I'm not as blown away by them as an adult, but aesthetically, an amazing shape yeah. for the early 70s. Well, we've got the McLaren coming up. You can pick up Sonny from school. He'd be super excited, and you'd be kind of the douchey parent. <laughs> Just driving around in the McLaren. <laughs> there was the... Uh, You'd be like, oh, he's a lawyer? The or difference between like men... Hill's lawyer? Uh, the difference between men and women, I'll tell you in a second. Well, that can go pick him up in the McLaren. Oh, uh, that was one of my... That was one of our great arguments. Because <laughs> I make this mistake of treating women like either dudes or human beings sometimes. And it's a mistake. It is a mistake. Because I, I literally just say, like, sometimes I'll just treat Lynette like I would treat you or Max Pat or anyone else. Like, here, do this and do it. I'll tell you the funny story with the Gallardo. But uh, first I'll tell you about Car Shield. Ah, sooner or later, you're going to break down, man. And if you're lucky, it happens while you're under warranty. A new engine, transmission, could cost 5K. Oh, easy. Man. Easy. Easy, man. For those BMWs? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Especially, what is it, the E96 or 94? I'm trying to think. The yeah, V8. Whatever it is, it's all up there. Anyway, Range Rover. <laughs> get the uh, extended coverage. Do like I did. Yeah. Carshield.com. Carshield makes it easy. Select your favorite mechanic. Go to the dealership to do the work. No uh, checks or waiting for reimbursements. Carshield gets the mechanic paid directly, plus 24-7 roadside assistant and rental while yours is in the shop. So save thousands in potential repairs. Get the ultimate in extended vehicle service protection. Let's go visit carshield.com slash carcast. Save 10%. Believe me, when the warranty's done and that engine goes, oh, good gravy. Carshield.com slash carcast. Save 10%. Carshield.com. A deductible, a deductible may apply. Go to carshield.com. Yeah, we were... Um, I know you've heard this one before, but it was it was one of these things where they gave me a Lamborghini Gallardo for a few days to drive around. And I was having fun because I lived up in the hills and I was working in radio and I, I, I had to leave my house at like 5.30 in the morning, yeah. every morning. So Mulholland was just wide open at 5.30 in the morning and I was having fun in that car. And at some point... Lynette said, uh, I want to drive that car. And I said, good, let's, uh, let's go up to Mulholland and have some fun. And we lived across from Mulholland in the Hollywood Hills. And there's this thing where we like we took it across the bridge and she stopped. And like one car came down and passed us in front. And then I saw like a truck, like Mr. Majestic's pickup truck filled with melons. But this was filled with like... L- tree trimmings and stuff on the back like a big steak bed truck or something and it started lumbering up up mall and like in a granny gear and i was like hit it hit it now turn left go go now yeah she's like truck's coming good go now yeah at a certain point i do all i can do is just yell go 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 and she's like stop yelling stop yelling (laughs) i'm like just go go now go now and she just sits she like completely freezes up and i'm talking to her like i'm talking to yeah you or human or something like that and the truck goes by and then she just slides in behind him and we go on the world's slowest small hunt run like we're going 17 miles out of the back of the truck (laughs) and i'm just sitting there going Okay, well, this is what we're doing now. And she's like, you didn't have to yell. And I was like, I was yelling because I said go 
seven times in a normal tone, but the last six times I yelled it because I knew we were going to get sucked in behind this guy and we're going to get trapped. But it is an interesting thing, which is like when you go to driving schools and you get in the road on the car with instructors – The guy will just reach over from the passenger seat and start grabbing the steering wheel and turning a little more and pushing your leg on the accelerator and then grab turning a little more. Yeah. And you just got to go, well, I guess he knows what he's doing. Might as well trust the guy. Might as well just trust the guy. And I think as a dude, I have so many years of, you know, for me playing football, for you like ROTC and getting yelled at by, you know, pilot instructors and stuff like that, that you just have this modality where the guy says go and you just go. Yeah, you just do it. You just do it. But I think for a lot of people and women, particularly if you don't grow up in that kind of coached up all the time, when someone is yelling go, the more they yell go, the more you just stop. Because you're like, hold up, I'm not doing anything. Like, if you yell go with authority and multiple times, you'll actually get the opposite, which is I'm not moving, which is the opposite of what yeah. we think, but I think it's, it's sort of human nature. Yeah, I think I think the the human nature default, like you said, is to not go. Right. But I think the other way can be trained. I don't think it. I don't think you have to be born with that. Like that just takes some yelling, some arguing, or you know, like you no, said, it like takes some repetition, some, some sort some of training. discipline, like martial arts or some sport or military or something, and it and it, it trains yeah. you. But but. but but once once you get trained, I think you're stuck with it. Like you have it forever. Yes, know? that's that's what happens once you once you get once you get stuck with it, or once you have it, you get stuck with it. Yeah, uh, there was it's a better million. To have it. You should yell at your kids. Everyone should yell at their kids. There's a million. That's what I'm, I'm getting. They used to do a million <laughs> drills when I played pop Warner football, even high school. I think. They'd get everyone lined up in front of the tackling sled. They'd have like the seven man sled. And the defensive line coach would get in the middle of it. He'd be standing on the sled. He'd be in the middle of them, like a six or seven man or whatever. Tell everyone to get in their stance and everyone to get in their stance. And they'd get lined up in front of the sled to like fire out onto the sled. But it was a defensive drill. So he'd like hold the ball out in front where we could see it down toward the ground. And he'd say, you're not moving on the count. You're moving on ball movement. When that ball moves, you go. Okay. You don't go on count. And he just hold the ball out, and he just go down, sit, sit, hut, sit, hut, sit, hut. And some guy would lurch forward, and he go, "Everyone's going on a lap." Yeah, he, I didn't move the ball, but Higginstaller moved. Everyone's going on a lap. Thank Higginstaller. And take off, and when you come back, we'll try this again. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> and and they try it again. And yeah. if a guy like fell for it, a guy like lurch for it, like up, oh, go on. Thank, thank to Giacomo. Take another lap. Let's yeah. try this again. We'll keep doing it until. And then eventually, you just kind of learn. I'm going to look at that ball, and I'll, when the ball moves, oh, yeah. I'll fire out. But I'm not going off his set hut anymore. And if, after enough of that, you just kind of. That becomes your modality. Yep. Whatever that guy said is what, what it is. We're all like puppies. <laughs> it's all about repetition. <laughs> you know, you just keep teaching us and teaching us and teaching us. But like, like you said, even in military stuff, ROTC, CAP, all that stuff, like when you're training for state competitions, regional, national competitions, it's just a lot of repetition again and again and again and again and again. You and, would train with like the sergeant of arms stuff, like spinning the guns around and stuff? We would do 
we would do a, a bunch of different training. We did, we weren't uh, like a color guard or an honor guard, so we weren't spending. But it was a lot of like drill, and then and then there's physical fitness stuff. So you like run a mile, you play volleyball. So everything is just constant training, teamwork training. Yeah, and like all your drill command stuff, you just got to listen to the guy. You know, left face, right face, about face, all that stuff, and you just got to do it, do it, do it, do it. Yep. You know, every it, it, step you take has to be exactly the same, the, the exact same. Getting like 12 people or 15 people, the, the exact same stride, the exact same rhythm. Right. You know, like you just got to do it 100,000 times. <laughs> there is something to that that is more valuable than any motivational book or college tuition classes, what have you. There's something insanely valuable about it that we completely and utterly dismiss as a society, decide it's kind of for either like jarheads or jocks or something, and do not realize how much that is relied on on a a daily basis by guys like me and Matt and everyone else I know who's been through that kind of stuff. And the fact that we've decided that there's no real place for that anymore for our youth is insane. It is absolutely it is. insane. I loved it. I love the discipline of it. I love the rules because th- there's no arguing. You know, like, here's the rule. It's written down. That's the rule. It's not open for debate. So you either do this or you don't do this. And everybody's on the same page. Yep. And that's what I kind of liked about it, you know. And never, I never took it personally ever, no matter what the coach said or no matter what the deal was or who you're sitting on the bench and this guy's starting in front of you or whatever it is. Never thought about it. Yeah. For a second. We, we were talking, you and I were talking about this weekend about these, I get these emails from these car brokers and this wacky dude that you, you were with us at one point, Chris, we met this guy up at the track and I was just like, I was on the phone with you. I was like, I don't understand. Is everyone a pussy or a shyster? Cause I can't figure out the lack of like discipline and, and just commonality, common sense that mm-hmm. people have. Like, I, did, I didn't get it. I was like, everybody we've been dealing with on trying to sell cars and stuff, it's just, it's just like a pussy or a shyster. Yeah. There's used to be something. There's a few champions that are both. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it used to be, yeah, look the guy in the eye, shake his hand, my words, That's my it. bond, all That's that kind it. of Do stuff. Do the deal. It's not, we're not living in that world anymore. And uh, I'm not happy about it. All right. You got another one, uh, Max Pata? Yep. This is from Adam. It's from L.A. Mm-hmm. He's got a new Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. I recently restored, oh, I just recently restored it, my 1973 <laughs> Alfa Romeo Spider. Yeah, hey, I was going to say, what new, I mean, it could have like got Like a the, Julia or a yeah, 4C. Yeah, yeah. he didn't yeah. just buy that or yeah, something. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I've always washed and waxed the car myself, but with the new paint job, I'm considering finding a detailing service that offers a high-end wax for the initial coat. I've heard of clay bars, rotary machines, and finishing pads, hard care nuba waxes, and protective polishes to create that deep, wet look, but don't know what's best for new paint. Do you guys have any thoughts of how long I should wait before applying the first coat of wax and what the initial coat should include? Any advice would be appreciated. Love the show. With gratitude, Adam. Well, first off, congratulations on joining the Alfa Romeo Club. My first recommendation was get you some of that extended car insurance Adam was talking about a minute yeah. ago. You're going to need it. <laughs> the, uh, the car warranty stuff. Uh, yeah. You're going to need it. Um, but uh, freshly painted car. Like I'd say, you know, other than the process of, of whoever painted it, maybe color sanded it and polished it. Yeah, it's probably got a clear you know, coat, right? Then from there, I think it really needs to settle. It probably needs a month or so to really 
I am I am all for getting a professional who does this. You know, the thing about cars and the detailing of cars, it's sort of right up there with the guys who paint the cars. There's the guy who does, you know, the Earl Scheib kind of thing yeah. where he's just putting duct tape over the, the insignia on the hood and painting, spraying right around it. And then there's a real paint job yeah and you pay for it but there there is a wide chasm and a wide range of the guy who shows up in the van and washes your car in your part in your parking lot at work and the guys are professional yeah you know like a, literally a scientist right at this the guy stuff. who charges 30 dollars versus the guy who charges 300 dollars. right and it, it's one of those arts that <clears throat> only comes with experience and i have a lot of respect for that like i do too this guy details like a black paint job car Yes. How do you do it and not screw it up? You don't. You have to have 15 years experience. <laughs> and it's not the time to save 60 bucks. Right. This is not that time. So I would say consult with a real professional and let a real professional lay down that base. And then you can, in subsequent weeks and months, yeah. go back and, and, and detail and wash and wax and whatever. But get the base going by the pro yeah, yeah? i agree i, I that because you did that initial paint job and hopefully that painter did you know the polishing or the color sanding and the polishing and then when you go to put that wax on you just need a straight up wax initially you don't need the over-the-counter cleaner wax right that's got too much product in it you know you just need a good wax on it and then from there you you know you maintain it as you would any car and when you're looking for insurance go with geico Geico.com. 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. Why not go? Speaking of professional, let's go with Geico, man. These guys know what they're doing. Hop online, check out uh, what's going on at Geico.com. Spend uh, 15 minutes, could be saving 15% or more. What else is there to say? You want some extra money for some Carnuba wax? <laughs> Geico, man. Put that extra money in your pocket at Geico. So, you got all your list of things to do. This one doesn't involve leaving the house or the apartment. Just hop on the computer and go to geico.com. All right. You uh, want to check out uh, any live shows I'm doing, you go yep. to adamcarolla.com. You want to check out uh, me and Dennis Prager, nosafespaces.com. You can watch a little trailer, the movie we're working on over there. Uh, of course, the 24-hour war. Everybody loves that movie. Go check that out. And why not uh, get the Blu-ray of Winning, Racing Life of Paul Newman? Everyone yeah. likes that. And uh, The Bug with Ewan McGregor. We got that movie. Chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y dot com. We're doing uh, a bar crawl with Lynette. That's June 24th. Tickets are going fast. Ray's going to be there. Loxie's going to be playing. Max Pattis Band is going to be there. Just go to the website. Go to carcastshow.com. Click through our Amazon banner. Show us a little love. Shift and steer. How about that? Matt's podcast. Yep. Live show, June 16th, SoCal Speed Shop, Pomona. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Shiftandsteer.com. Shiftandsteer.com. So, Thank you. Until next time. Adam Krola for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
drinks, comedy and music tour, live music, stand-up comedy, and buttloads of Mangria. June 17th in Long Beach at DP Piazza's. June 22nd in Fresno at Sequoia Brewing Company. And June 24th in Seattle, Washington at Showbox Soto Lounge. With special guest comedians and bands in every city featuring Loxie. Baby, let's roll. Comedy from Matt Edgar. Tickets and more information are available online at CorollaDrinks.com. The Corolla Drinks Comedy and Music Tour. In Seattle with Lynette Corolla and Ray Oldhofer. In Long Beach with Mike Dawson and the Smokin' Kills. Standing in the backyard. Looking for a tree to climb. June 17th in Long Beach. June 22nd in Fresno. June 24th in Seattle. The Corolla Drinks Comedy and Music Tour with Loxie and Matt Edgar. Get your tickets now at CorollaDrinks.com. 